Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. How to get 30, 30, to get 30, how to get 20, 20, 20, how to get 20, 20, to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month? So, Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Hey there, it's Michelle Norris. I'm host of a podcast called Your Mama's Kitchen. When I travel, I'm usually looking for a way to find a taste of home when I'm not at home. And one of the things I love to do when I am at home is entertain. And Airbnb allows me to do that. When I was in California recently, I rented a house that had a great kitchen. And when we were sitting around the table, we're all thinking, we're in someone else's house. Someone could be in all of our homes as well. If you have a home, but you're not always at home, you have an Airbnb. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host. The boyhood dream has come true. All of you spoke to me. You're about to find out how ugly mankind can really be. Myself and the click are gonna dance all over your face. Talk about your psalms, talk about John 316. Austin 316 says I just whipped your ass. Welcome everyone to the Cultaholic Stop Laughing Classic Raw Review. You're not here to have fun. While the other Cultaholic lads are on the road to WrestleMania, we are on the road to an international incident. Incidentally, who be we? I be fake Jody, radio presenter with that portfolio, Tom Campbell, joining me in 1996, chronicling every episode of Monday Night Raw ever, is Cultaholic.com's mulligan to my O'Hare, the rambunctious Jackie Orlando. How you doing, Jackie? Hello, Tom. Now, we can talk about it now. We can. Because it's happened. Now, for you, it was a few weeks ago. So apologies for the wibbly-wobbly-timey-wimey bullshine. Um, but we're recording this the Monday after Cultaholic Live. Oh, I thought you were talking about the fact that I've had my leg amputated. We'll talk about that too. <laughs> I haven't really. I haven't really. You no, know, it's his no, arm. Uh, that was fun, wasn't it? <laughs> yeah. That were a good time. It were a good time. It's on the YouTube channel now if you want to watch it. We do a watch along of the 1995 Royal Rumble. It's Crisis on Infinite Arseholes Live, among other stuff. How did you find your first time in front of the Cultaholic Faithful? I thought they were they were a lovely bunch. Yeah. Lovely bunch. Um, <laughs> and again, every time like we're surprised that like actual... Um, it's not just men that listen to this. It wasn't just men in the audience. There either. was at least three women. Yeah, so good on you for coming out. <laughs> Thanks for coming out. Hey, it was good that. But, um, that was our average. Yeah, it was a good time. Um, Did we, you sign any boiled eggs? I didn't sign any boiled eggs. No, I had to I had to make my excuses and leave. You did, didn't you? Because, yeah. of course, you, uh, you half a day is half a day. Half a day is half a day. <laughs> <laughs> Fingers low. We were on first. I know nothing of the technical side for it, and I didn't have anything else to do. So it would have just been me decompressing quietly upstairs on my own <laughs> for two hours. So it's just like... I'm, I'm I'm off. <laughs> how did you uh, How did you uh, end the day? So you you left there. Did you go and have a little bit of a, a coffee somewhere, or did you just get yourself straight home to bed? Yeah, Sean came and picked me up because she went um, she went back home for a couple of days on the Sunday. So I thought, right, we'll we'll hang out a bit. Uh, we went to Jesmond, um, and I had some French toast. And Sean was like, "You're very quiet," and I was like, "Yeah, I'm just 
I'm spent. I've been sat next to Tom on stage for half an hour. Yeah. Like the there was too much adrenaline in that room. Oh, there was. There was too. It was. It was. It was a hotbed. The roof would have come off had yeah. there not been a, a bar above it. There was just madness and peas pudding all over the place. So um, yeah, just spent a couple of hours, then went home. Uh, got a chippy from the only good chippy in the northeast. I said it, Newcastle. You're terrible oh. at chippies. No, you're terrible at chippies. Where's a spring roll? Where's a bit of dim sum if you want it? Mm. Oh, you can have batter on your chip. Fuck off. <laughs> Shit of chippies. Where was this Jack Atkins on stage? He was too happy. <laughs> <laughs> I've I come know, down. Mate, your chip is a shit. I would have got booed out. I would have been like, don't <laughs> boo me, I'm right. <laughs> that would have been funny. You got booed, but you didn't. And then, yeah, and then on the Sunday, Sean went home for the weekend, so I literally washed everything. I went on a mad washing spree. Washed the Your ship. body? No, like, the, the, well, yeah, but, like, the shower curtain. I was like, oh, it's time I wash the shower curtains and the, you know, the mats, all the towels. Was this where the bath stuff. mat conversation came from this morning? No, uh, maybe. Where, where Aiden's like, when was the last time you washed your bath mat? Yeah. I said, well, I knowingly put it in the wash a year ago. I'm not saying that my, my partner, my wife-to-be, hasn't done it since. <laughs> Sometimes a cleaning fairy does magically turn up and there's nice folded things everywhere. Sometimes that happens. I don't know whether they did the same. Didn't realise we had to be that conscientious with the bath mat. Oh, yeah. Apparently we do. Oh, yeah. I'm excited. Everyone's telling me what a dirty scrubber I am. <laughs> well, yeah, it gets all, like, water and probably, you know, flecks of fart and <laughs> wee and stuff in it. It's... I did wash it when Pablo peed on it. Well, at least, at least you did then. I did. I did definitely wash it then. Should I tell the pub? Should we do the Pablo drama? We Give us a bit in? of Pablo drama. Oh my Jesus H. Criminy. So, um, I was getting his. Uh, we had never got his chip updated, so we need to get his chip updated. Mm. So I go, we scan his chip, and I speak to the person that we we got Pablo from because the story behind Pablo is he was a stray that a friend of ours took in after finding him living rough on the streets for a while, and uh, couldn't. No, they. Posters, wanted ads everywhere for him. Nobody claimed him. We don't know the story. But um, they end up saying, look, either if somebody wants him, I'll have to take him to a shelter. Rather than take him to a shelter, I'd rather him find a loving home. To which my wife-to-be went, we need him. I don't know what it is, but Mm. we need him. So he came to live with us. And he has done for nearly four years now. And, And I thought, well, he's an indoor cat. So he doesn't need his chip updated. I'm going to do a bit of admin. Let's see if we can get it sorted. And, um... It turned out like, oh, this cat isn't linked to your thing. So I messaged the lady I got the cat from, who was the one that found Pablo, and said, oh, uh, I need a few details for his chip, to which she went, I don't remember chipping him. Uh. I was like, oh, but surely, oh. And then it's like, okay. And then it dawns on me that in that case, if you haven't checked his chip, then he might be someone else's. So I have to have it. Alex and I sit down. Now, we have a conversation where we go, we have to do the right thing here. Because we've had this cat for the longest of times, believing him to be a stray that we've taken in. Yeah. So like, And we both knew we have to do the right thing, which is reunite him. So Alex is in bits. I'm in bits. We're like, okay, let's, let's look into it. Anyway, fast forward six, maybe seven, maybe eight hours the next day. Our friend calls us back. Sorry, I did get him chipped. That's from me. Here's the receipt. Here's the thing that says he didn't have a chip to begin with. I got him chipped for protection. I'm so sorry. I had a brain fart. I forgot that I did. Here's all the details about the chip. Jesus! 
Did you let your friend know that you'd been having eight hours of anguish? Yeah, I mean, I, yeah, we, <laughs> I spoke to her. Uh, I, I, I rang her and I said, look, can you please confirm to me that this is the case? Because here's what's happened in the last eight hours. Yeah. Like, honestly, like, he no, he was he was wandering around for a long time. No one came forward. Um, multiple, multiple, multiple posters all over the area, online. No one's come forward. There have been since no posters looking for him either. So, and there was no chip when we got him. Mm. I had a chip put in. I was doing like, I was going through things at the time with an ex-partner and I was moving to the States and stuff like that. So anyway, I had a lot going on. I totally forgot. It was a brain fart. I did have him chipped. Here are his details. Here's his date of birth. Here's all this. I'm so, so sorry for any any, any issues you've caused. I was like, Jesus. But you know what, right? nothing but love to my wife-to-be, right? Who both of us went, as heartbreaking as this is, we have to do the right thing. Oh, yeah. And we would have, and we were going to do the right thing. So we'd put in a request for details and take it from there. But there are no details on his chip, as we've since found out. <laughs> it's just the chip that says his better birth and his breed. <laughs> and like... you're, you're a better man than I. Because if that was me and Poppy, I'd be like, I don't fucking care. I'm keeping this car. <laughs> I mean, don't get me wrong. I'm not perfect. It crossed my mind. Yeah. I think the words were, we'll do it. Um, and if no one comes forward with, you know, or if they can't get hold of the, if, 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 there's a, if there's a contact number on there and they don't get back to us or whatever, then then that's, that's, the, that's the way it is. If there is and they do, I'll fight them. <laughs> was my exact words. I'll fight them. <laughs> Doesn't have to come to that because the chip had no details on it anyway because it was registered with a, with through my friend at the the vet they took him to. So, Jesus Christ! It was oh heart wrenching, a heart wrenching evening. Quite a weekend, man. Yeah. God, and I lost my keys. <laughs> I lost my keys. As and well. you worked forty hours in one day. And I worked forty hours in one day. Uh, my voice was completely fucked mm. after Saturday. Oh my God! I went to the radio show on the Sunday. Sounded like I'd shoot a bag of gravel. I don't know. I'd, I, sh- I should give the money back for it, really. It was an awful show. Uh, and then like today, the day we're recording, this is the best it sounded since Saturday night. Yeah. I know the exact moment that it went on Saturday night. The exact moment. I've been really good with it. Really, really good with it for all day. Like water. I took um, strepsils with me. Ibuprofen in small doses is good as well because it... Did you have um, the piss stuff? No, the piss stuff was upstairs. I was ready for the piss stuff today. Yeah. But uh, uh, I haven't taken any yet because I think it sounds all right. It does, yeah. It's come back all right. Yeah. But oh my God, so Friday, it was the main event of North Wrestling. And uh, in case you haven't seen, you probably know by now, Gabriel Kidd made a shocking return to the indie scene via North Wrestling. New Japan Pro Wrestling's Gabriel Kidd. So I always give it socks in the main event for the announcers in the main event. I always give it socks. And I know the point where it went as uh, I was announcing his opponent uh, fighting out of Nottingham, weighing 215 pounds. And it's such a cool thing to be in North Wrestling and have a New Japan guy on the books. So representing New Japan Pro Wrestling. (laughs) That's where it went. That's where it went as I was announcing New Japan Pro Wrestling. So you're like Tony Chimel saying, break your Superstar. I went very superstar. And then I woke up the next morning and went, oh, fuck. <laughs> I was doing so well. I was, oh, fuck. 
Oh, they didn't notice. <laughs> <laughs> I hope New Japan didn't notice. Oh. They'll get my, they'll get me <laughs> YMCA'd off the internet for saying their name. <laughs> yeah, is that it now? Do I get copyright struck for saying New Japan for a wrestling? They're very tight on that sort of thing, it's aren't just they? Weird, aren't they? It's just a bit. We love New Japan, but you're very tight on your copyright stuff. <laughs> uh, what are you doing, giving us you know free publicity? No, <laughs> it's like all right then. <laughs> it is the equivalent of someone going, "I like your work," and them going, "Shut up! Stop talking about it! Stop talking about it!" <laughs> Stop talking about us. We can do our own promotion that we pay people for. We don't need it for free and positive word of mouth. No, we don't need any word of mouth from no. you lot. Weirdos. No. <laughs> I just don't understand. I just don't understand why people aren't talking about us. <laughs> it's that meme with the guy with the gun. I just don't understand why no one's sharing our videos. Because it's what I like, the, the amount of New Japan stuff we want to do on the YouTube channel. And we're just like, we can't risk it. Because we could be like, here's 10 reasons why New Japan are great. And the ghost of Antonio Inoki will come into the office, slap us all and say, right, your company's now closed down. Yeah. You're all fired. You've all not got a job. Fuck off. It's true. It's, <laughs> the... We did that Smash or Pass video on title belts where I went through like 200 odd titles going Smash or Pass. And I had to do a bit in the front and say, look, New Japan, I've got some really lovely belts but I can't include them because we'll probably get copyright struck. Yeah. And it ain't worth it for this silly video. Despite the fact I had a bit at the start, the comments were, um, no mention of the IWGP title then. I was like, no. I can't make you listen, but you must listen to the start of a video. <laughs> In case you, hey, look, this is what you pay for the Patreon for. Not only did you get early access to Cultaholic Live, but you saw Jack Atkins fumble with his cup. Because I was just angry at morons on the internet. <laughs> <laughs> Not Let, you, you're all right. Yeah, I could take a leave you. Yeah. Um, let's, <laughs> <laughs> let's get angry with 1996 instead. So this is where we look at every episode of Monday Night Raw week to week to week to week to week. And uh, uh, I will go through what's happening in the real world. Got nice things in the real world this week. Mm. Uh, Jack Atkins will dissect the Wrestling Observer for this week in the year of our Lord 1996. And then I'll talk us through this week's episode of Monday Night Raw. I also watched Superstars, the Superstars, this week, because I don't know when it happened. I have a feeling it was either recently or I've not been paying attention. A bunch of Superstars from 96 are on the network now. Oof. So I thought, well, I'll have a little watch of that. I'm ahead of the game. I'll have a little watch of that. See if I can get any little gleams of fun little bits in between. <laughs> a few notes from that. Doing a bit. Did you do it in work hours? Oh yeah, yeah. I was gonna say. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I was gonna I say did, if, I if not, take the time back. No, no, no. I did. A, I, I did. I did a work from home day yesterday where it was like, right, I'm gonna watch seven hours of old wrestling, <laughs> back to back to back to back to back. And uh, what is nice is when you work from home is it's like typey 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 typey. That's good. That's good. That's good. And cats. It's on the laptop for three hours. Okay, right on my phone for a bit. Cat moves to get a treat. Carry on writing on the laptop. And cats. It's back on the laptop for. A... You don't get that so much at work. Jack doesn't sit on my on my keyboard as often as he used to. Oh, yeah, I miss those days. Yeah. And you... my cats never sit on my laptop. Oh, really? They've never done it, no. They'll come and have a look and a little sniff around. I'm just, they'll see my hands there and they'll be like, right sound, and like walk around <laughs> the back. <laughs> sound. What, is it like go around the other side of it? Yeah. They'll, they'll, they'll like, like sniff around and have a look, but they'll, they'll never go on the actual. Oh. Yeah. Not even the temptation of it being the warm. It's not that warm. No. Ah, that might be why then. Because yeah. my laptop gets quite hot. Yeah. <laughs> so they, so he likes his, he likes it on his bum bum. Ah. He likes it to sit on his bum bum on the laptop. I should really wash the keyboard of the laptop. <laughs> Just occurring to me. It's like, oh, these what keys a grub I am. <laughs> Bath mat, keyboard. <laughs> he likes it though. Uh, some mornings where I'll be writing up news, I'll, I'll, I'll get up early and 
Alex will be getting ready for work and I'll be writing the news. <laughs> you say get up early. What's that by your standards? Like a quarter to midnight. <laughs> uh, half 11. Yeah. Hour before I go to bed. <laughs> There's stuff to do. And <laughs> as Alex is getting ready for work, we'll have the radio on and uh, we'll be listening around the dial, slagging off presenters. And uh, not our own, obviously, no. from other sites. Uh, and I'll be putting together news for the morning and inevitably Pablo will go, oh, good, you've put my seat out. Thanks, Dad. And then it's like, okay. Oh, well, uh, I'm going to have to take five from work because I don't really want to move him. <laughs> no, I'll do it. Work's cancelled. I can't. He looks too comfy. Yeah. He looks too happy. He's too happy and settled a boy. <laughs> it's my cat Pablo, a little boy. Uh, but Where, I, whereas last night I threatened to pile drive Louis because he was getting on my... <laughs> Why did Louis need to get a pile driver? Oh, he didn't really, but I said to him, said because obviously he doesn't understand English. I never like threaten him in I threaten him in a nice voice and I'm like ah oh, and I just go oh Louis I'd love to be able to pile drive he's just <laughs> he's just been a twat oh fuck dad I'm just like Louis what you doing dad I'm like go away I like to think that's Louis' voice hello dad my dad is a computer and I always say to him not your dad you are my dad not your dad you're gonna dad, dad I look on good blood not your dad dad I've been sick just like Louis, <laughs> dad why you do dad clean up my sick please thank you dad oh my god fuck you just annoy me. Dada. I, I was trying to watch football last night and Poppy was sat with us just going, oh, Merseyside Derby sound. I was like, yeah. <laughs> uh, <laughs> Poppy's very, very much a fan of a Merseyside Derby. Oh, yeah. And then Louis walks and goes, oh, you're all in here, are you? Uh, okay. I'm going to go into the hall. Uh, <laughs> where is everyone? It's dark out here. And I'm like... He <laughs> just... He's, he's, I love that. Into the hallway. He's actually started like meowing now, but he's got such an annoying whiny meow and he hums a lot. He just goes, hmm. <laughs> but we're just like, what do you want? And he goes, just hums and looks at you. It's like, do you want to play? And he's like, no. Do you want a brush? No. Do you want food? No. Do you need the toilet? No. I just want a home, dad. It's like, do you need anything? And he's like, no. And he's like, well, why are you moaning for then? He's like, well, why not? And it's like, <laughs> I just, I, it was a few weeks ago you said, um, he, he walks around the house, home in. Yeah. Not like a... Not like a... Not like That's a, why I always thought... <laughs> just, he'll just go... Mm. When he, mm. <laughs> whenever you said he was... I just... Bless him. <laughs> so, Sunday, Sean had gone home for the weekend. He woke me up at quarter to four in the morning. Fuck it out. Oh, so, so after my third alarm. Yeah. And he's just like, hey, uh... <laughs> oh, Dad! <laughs> How does he wake you up? Like that? Come in. <laughs> no, just yelling and. Oh, yeah, Dad! 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 And we're just like, Louis, fuck off! <laughs> but Dad, I'm worried that you're dead. I'm not dead, Louis. You don't even care about that. You're a very selfish little lad. <laughs> but I don't care because you'll bring me the food. If the man who needs the food dies, I need to go out and get a job. He's been turning his nose up at his food recently. And I'm just like, Louis, you eat the same thing every day. It's the only thing you eat. And now suddenly you're too good for it. And he's like, yeah, I don't like this. He's like, yeah, you do. <laughs> Look at it. And he goes, oh, yeah, I like this. I'm just like, oh, you fucking... <laughs> yeah, but Pablo's the same. You'll put yeah. the same food out for him every day. And then one day I'll just go, I've decided to say I don't like this. Mm. And the next day I'll go, oh, okay, this is fine again. Like, Poppy's been eating the same food since the day we got her. And she goes, oh, yeah, chicken biscuit's my favorite. <laughs> just, just, naff, just snaffles it up. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just like, great, great one, Poppy. And he's just like, oh, I'm not sure about these. 
oh, I'll have what Poppy's having. It's like, it's the same thing. <laughs> but she looks like she's enjoying it more. Yeah. We've, we've started having to break these little capsules into his food for his joints. Because he's a senior cat. Yeah. And obviously, when I think I told the story when the vet came around to give him a checkup and the vet did like a yoga stretch on him. And she's stretch him. Stretching her head. Lou, fucking Stuart came around. <laughs> stretch him. <laughs> give him a bow and arrow over his leg. <laughs> <laughs> he don't teach you to whistle. You need yeah. smoking up Helen, to the business, boy. Helen, this cat needs smoking up. <laughs> this cat thinks it's fake. Today you're wrestling the bear. <laughs> so they did a little like a yoga stretch with him. Like just to check his joints and stuff. And it's like, poor, front paw, fine. Uh, other paw, front paw, fine. Back paw, fine. The other back paw, they stretch it each way. I was like, okay, there's nothing wrong. It's probably just a bit. It's probably just a bit of muscle pain. Uh, we'll give you some tablets to take just to make sure he doesn't get arthritis anytime soon. Good. I think they all get arthritis. Yeah, yeah. But he says like this helps kind of offset it, makes it a bit more comfortable, <laughs> and it's just like a tablet that you smush into his food. And luckily, he's nominated up and good luck. You find it. I haven't, I haven't, I'm not doing the yoga stretches with him. It no, just look weird. <laughs> Dulls him. <laughs> Dulls him. You're right, Pab. Yoga fire. <laughs> Burns the house. His house burnt down. His house burned down. <laughs> <laughs> then you've got me going all Zangief with, <laughs> with Lou's like, like, Lou, I'm going to spin and pile drive you. <laughs> this is the best Street Fighter 2 I've ever seen. Yeah. Okay, so, right. Raw. Yeah. <laughs> Man and I Raw. That was, it. that was a bit. So July the 8th, 1996 is the day. Uh, number one of the UK movie charts is Mission Impossible. You, I don't know what that was. Uh, US movie number one, July the 8th, 1996, Independence Day. Oh, here we go. Mm. Loved it as a kid. Uh, sci-fi action film starring, um, uh, starring Will Smith, Jeff Goldblum, Judd Hirsch, Randy Quaid, Bill Pullman, Harvey Fierstein. Oh, I got worried then. Uh, <laughs> Margaret Collin, uh, directed by Roland Emmerich, written by him and Dean Devlin. It stars an ensemble cast uh, focusing on a uh, an alien invasion and how humans will stop the aliens from taking Earth on Independence Day. That iconic scene where the spaceship comes out and blows up the White yeah. House. It still looks great. Yeah. Even now. Yeah, correct me if I'm wrong. Was this, this was like Will Smith announcing himself on the Hollywood stage, wasn't it? I, I think, think obviously it Obviously, he'd had the Fresh Prince and he'd had his music career, but I think this was the first one where people were like, oh, he's good on the silver screen. Yeah, like he's a, he's a heavy-hitting, yeah. like, mainstream actor. Yeah. This very much felt like an arrival for He's him. just punching fuck out of aliens, and everyone's like, cool, him. <laughs> we all not go quietly into the night and all that. Um, <laughs> spoiler, we win. So take that, aliens. In the same week that we're recording, the same week that UFOs have been getting shot down from the sky. So it's coming. The real-life version is going to be crap compared to the movie version. It's just going to come around. They're going to be tiny little organisms that we're just going to go... That's that done, then. And Louis be like, oh, oh, yeah. Can I eat that? It's like Louis, don't. He's like, oh, it looks quite delectable. I would like to eat an alien, Dad. Oh, my dad, I'd like an alien. That's Louis' voice, if anyone asks. Hello, Dad. It's not the voice we do. Is it not? We do a really posh voice for him. Oh, do you? Oh, he's a pedigree cat, isn't he? So ah. we say he's so thick because he's so inbred. So he's just like, hello, who are you? And we're just like, Louis, you know us? And he's like, I've never seen you before in my life. And it's like, Louis, ah. stop so it's it. It's like Tim Nice but Dim. Pretty much, yeah. Ooh. 
But that makes more sense. But we do say that his internal monologue is just the magic roundabout theme. So, <laughs> <laughs> so like that. <laughs> like you okay there, Lewis? He's like, I've never been better. <laughs> <laughs> well, like a lovely time. <laughs> um, U.S. song chart number one. Uh, Tupac, Casey and Jojo and Dr. Dre teaming up for How Do You Want It slash California Love. Bit of Casey and Jojo for the kids. Yeah. A big collaboration that knocked Bone Thugs and Harmony finally off the top. Oh, yeah. I mean, the first time I ever went to California, it never appealed to me. And I got there and went, oh, it looks quite nice. We got an Uber to the place where we were staying. And uh, the fellow was like, first time California. We are like, yeah. He said, say no more. Windows down, California love on full blast. <laughs> like the, full, the full experience. I mean, the backseat going, Sydney, that's untouchable like Elliot Ness. I was like, yes. <laughs> How would you replicate that in Newcastle? I feel like it would just be you get into like into like a, a Vauxhall and they'd roll the windows down and play, fuck on the tiny is all my own. <laughs> fuck on the tiny is all my But the Gaza version. <laughs> Gaza wearing those fake tits that he wore in Italy that time. <laughs> Throwing sausage rolls. Taxi driver turn around and be like, ah, oh, do you want a tab and some stew? It's like, yeah, no, all right. Got to put it in it. Greg, do you want out? That's Go the, ahead, have some. That's the real, that's the real <laughs> Tyneside love experience. Uh, on this day, the song Wannabe enters the charts by newcomer band the spice girls right so it proves to be a global hit it goes number one in 31 countries becomes not only the biggest selling debut single by an all-female group but one of the biggest selling singles by an all-female group of all time yeah still very much strong so the story of the spice girls goes back to like 94 Bob and Chris Herbert. <laughs> they were Spice Girls. They were. They were. <laughs> Bob, Chris, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, You know, sugar. No, no, not sugar. Uh, scary, sporty, posh, Bob and Chris. <laughs> Everyone's favorite Spice Girls. Um, they wanted to create a girl group to compete with the British boy band Phenomenon that was at the time. 400 women attended an audition on the 4th of March, 1994, to be in this new group. They were placed in groups of 10, and they did a dance routine to Eternal Song Stay. This was followed by solo auditions in which they performed songs of their choices. They eventually narrowed them down to Victoria Adams, Melanie Brown, Melanie Chisholm, and Mer- Michelle Stevenson, who were among a dozen or so women who advanced into the second round of auditions. However, uh, a week after the second audition, Adams, Brown, and Stevenson were asked to, and were joined by Jerry Halliwell, uh, who I believe couldn't make the first audition, but they really liked as they put her through to the next round anyway. Uh, it would end up with... Um, it would end up with Michelle Stevenson leaving the group uh, to pursue another project, uh, and would end up, and the band would be would carry on without her under the name Touch, and hmm. be replaced by I believe Emma Bunton. Yes, yes, Emma Bunton would join the group at this point. The band initially named Touch. Uh, they were renamed to uh, Spice. Sound like a cooler name, but then they got renamed to the Spice Girls. <laughs> To stop them uh, being confused with U.S. rapper Spice whilst uh, on a media tour in America. I thought you were going to say the popular 
Mancunian drug. <laughs> yeah, there is that as well. But they were trying to break America, and you had the rapper Spice at the mm. time, and they went, we can't call them Spice because there's a rapper called Spice. So the Spice Girls, there you go, that'll do. Uh, once they realized how powerful they were together, the Spice Girls got together and basically formed a coup, uh, left their management, took creative control over their own careers, signed to Virgin Records, and Wannabe is the result of that coup. Oof. And here we are. The Spice Girls about to become the biggest band on the planet yeah. for many, many years. Oh. Now, obviously, there's a there's a Liverpudlian connection. There the is. Spice Girls. Yeah. So was it? Did you, did you remember feeling the love for the Spice Girls at this point? I, I yeah, I remember when they came out. Everyone, it was exciting, especially in primary school. And you're just like, well, this is cool. Mm. There's five of them. Pick your favorite. <laughs> um, who was your favorite? My favorite was Tarragon. Yes. Now. Um, <laughs> I like Ginger Spice. Yeah. I like Ginger Spice because she had that dress. Yeah. And, that, and, and everybody went, oh. Uh, that was the noise everyone made watching that on the telly. Uh, it would later go on to be Baby Spice because I met Emma Bunton a few years ago and she was lovely. Oh, we, we did a flip then because as a kid it was Baby Spice. And then when I got older, I went, oh, God, yeah. I see what everyone was going on about Ginger Spice. She was really, really good looking. <laughs> yes. A lovely lady. Mm. Uh, there was an attempt at a Spice Girls full-on reunion tour it was going to be a world tour with all five however yep. posh went nah can't be asked so they the, the the money was in all five of them touring so they toured as a four but um it didn't go to, it didn't get it didn't go to as many exciting places yeah i mean one of the gigs was sunderland <laughs> sorry to our mac and friends though. <laughs> i mean i'm i'm not i mean the stadium lights fantastic and it's yeah. ho- and it's hosting beyonce later this year and pink so who am i to, to doubt the Stadium of Light. Had our Elton recently as well. It had Elton John recently as well. It has... Oh, and that is that is stuck. Thank you very much for pointing out that the... There we go. The video stuck, if you're watching the video. It's got better infrastructure. Yeah. Um, for gigs than Stadium... Than St. James's Park down the road in Newcastle. Which is why people go, well, why don't you ever have these gigs at Stadium of Light? So why do you have these gigs at St. James's Park? Why aren't you having them at St. James's Park in Newcastle? Why aren't you doing it? So because if you try getting into Newcastle, St. James's Park, at any time. Gotta walk up a hill. <laughs> it's, it's more the fact that it's like the best way to describe Newcastle is if somebody was playing Sim City but didn't but didn't have enough money to buy a lot of land. Yeah. <laughs> so they, but they had loads of stuff to put in. So like Newcastle is packed. Yeah. It is, isn't it? It's packed tight. Love a bridge as well. They love a bridge. You know, <laughs> shipyards and all that nonsense. Um, but St. James, but St. James's part of the Newcastle United ground is like slap bang in the middle of, um, bear with me a second because I'm having some issues with the, the equipment for the video version. Mm. It seems to have gone all together. All together now. Deactivate. Activate. Alistair, why are you doing this? I'm wiggling it now like crazy. See how it goes. Okay, we'll see how we go. Okay. Right, I'll do a little clap. <laughs> That's going to end up on Twitter, isn't it, you little swine? Don't know what you mean. What? Don't know what you mean. Don't know what you mean. But Stage Light does have better Yeah. So I get that. I'm not being mean about them. I think for a while as well, it was something to do with either the previous Newcastle owners being arseholes or noise complaints. Because for years, obviously, ACDC have wanted to play um, St. James's because Brian 
thingy from ACDC's yeah, yeah, big yeah. Jo- well, he was in the band Geordie. Yes, he's just he like, was. I'd love to play it. And he's just like, ah, oh, nah. And they're just like, what do you mean, nah? Because I know, I think Sam Fender's actually playing it next year. He's doing a gig on the same weekend as Pink. I was doing Stadium of Light. Yeah. That's going to be a nightmare on the Metro. <laughs> Oof. Yeah, yeah, don't get the Metro that weekend. Yeah, I'll be. It's going to be horrible. It's going like, to be like Great North Run weekend. Where like the whole thing just like explodes. I'll, t- I'll just st- stay in my flat, <laughs> threatening to pile drive animals. I never would, by the <laughs> way. I love my cats. I just admit that one of them can be a massive tosspot. Oh, oh! I think anyone that listens to this knows the the, the Louis story, and yeah. probably agrees that he's deserved of a little pile driver. Yeah, just a little pile driver, just to, just to put his head right. Yeah. Um, <laughs> so that's the that's the real world stuff. Spice Girls, though. Yeah, big girl. big week for for that sort of thing. Bit of girl power. Girl power. Girl power and all that shit. All that shit. Just what was that from Bo Selector? Yeah, it was. Girl power and all that. That was shite. Jerry Halliwell's like, I'm gonna gonna do some yoga, have a little baby. <laughs> <laughs> Latino, Latino, which is Spanish for move forward in the workplace. <laughs> I always love the Mel B. And it's like you absolute <laughs> bastard. Yeah, the belt Mel B on Bo Selector just fucking. Sent me every time. Who's the one where Did you show yourself? Where she was doing a place in the sun and she's like talking about time off a lake because I was lovely bit. I'm going, there's Vicky and Dave. Vicky and Dave, <laughs> what are you running off for? <laughs> Go watch Post Selector in a minute, you coward. It's probably aged terribly. I think a lot of it has aged like cheese rather yeah. than wine. Yeah. Um, but still, it's a time. But a lot of fun. Mm. What are we? What was happening in wrestling this oh, particular yeah. week in the year of our Lord? Our job. It's been another quiet week. So the Wrestling Observer newsletter dated July fifteenth, nineteen ninety six. The episode of Raw we're going to watch is July eighth, nineteen ninety six. Mm-hmm. Nothing happened on July seventh, nineteen ninety six. WCW had a little show called Bash of the Beach. Oh my God! Uh, Bash of the Beach. Yeah. What are you doing here? So we found out who the third man was. Um, so Kevin Nash and Scott Hall been running roughshod, being naughty little boys. Said so a third man was coming. It was only Hulk Bastard Hogan. <laughs> Jesus, this was the heel turn of Hulk Hogan. Yeah, that we have uh, on the classic Nitro review. We're, we're still building to it, but oh. like Hulk Hogan oh. has denied requests for this heel turn for years. Yes, and finally pulls the trigger in July of '96. So Dave's very complimentary about it, saying some of the biggest heat he's seen in America for years. Uh, great promo from Hogan. This is going to be the storyline going forward. Obviously, leaving all the the details of the heel turn because yourself and Sam Driver will cover it on the Classic Nitro review, and everyone knows the New World Order. It's still one of the biggest things ever. Mm. So. We've got some backstage news on it from Dave Meltzer. Like I said, Observer Newsletter dated July 15th, 1996. Of course, I'm about to do a little burp. It's a lovely little burp. So Dave's put, what appears is that WCW will be built around a worked promotion versus promotion feud for the foreseeable future. Very similar to the angle that made New Japan millions in 95, 96, which Bischoff has said that he got the idea from, basically. Mm. Um, The outsider group will be called the New World Order of Wrestling, with Hogan, Hall, and Nash. No doubt Jeff Jarrett and Ted DiBiase will join the group in the fall when their Titan contracts expire. Hmm. The Nasty Boys teased on Nitro that they'd be joining the group, and no doubt a few others from WCW will jump as well. Along with WCW making significant plays for any mainline Titan talent, his contract comes up, such as Davey Boy Smith. He'd be a good little get, wouldn't he? Mm, we'll have to wait and see. As for Hogan, Hogan had agreed to do the heel turn about 11 days before the show, largely because there was no place left in WCW for him had he chosen not to do so. So, like you've been saying, they've been building up to it. 
Hogan apathy's been setting in. Oh, big style. Because he just comes in and he wins and he hot dogs and he pretends it was 10 years earlier. But Hogan's contract with WCW was scheduled to expire after two more pay-per-view shows, Hogwild Show in August and Halloween Havoc in Las Vegas. Uh, for sponsorship deal with Slim Jims, they had long promised them Hogan versus Randy Savage at ha- Halloween Havoc. Since WCW largely focuses its company around Monday night television ratings and pay-per-view buy rates, Hogan's huge contract became expendable. Since Hogan doesn't work arena dates, his staying or going isn't a factor on them. However, since Nitro's gone to two hours, the show's ratings have increased to the consistently highest level to date, with Hogan not on them. Yeah, that's so, going to get in his crawl. Oh, God, yeah, it doesn't take much, does it? This weakened Hogan's leverage position as compared with Bischoff's in negotiations to stay at his incredible money deal. While Hogan has continued to draw much stronger buy rates than WCW has averaged without him, uh, the gap between those sets of numbers has declined to the gotten. They've, they've shrunk, basically. Mm. The belief is that this new program with Nash and Hall was hot enough and would draw basically as well, with or without Hogan. Thus, huge uh, Hogan's huge cut of the pay-per-view revenue would no longer be worth it. But in the end, Hogan proved to be the ultimate fox once again, in that this angle on the surface appears to be the hottest angle in the history of WCW. Not off. <laughs> and Hogan, who a few weeks ago looked like the real outsider, uh, maneuvered himself back into being the centerpiece. So it is incredible how he does time his heel turn so magnificently that, like you say, he is the front and center yeah. of the hottest angle in wrestling. He goes from people saying, oh, I'm sick of Hogan, to becoming the biggest draw in wrestling once again for the next two years. Yeah. Adds years. Oh, yeah. And beyond. So a bit more from Dave. He says, even though many would argue the Hogan turn was long overdue based on fan reaction to him, particularly in the Carolinas and the major cities where fans are more orientated towards cheer of their favorites, it didn't come without major risks. Hogan's name was still a factor in buy rates, largely believed to be coming from young children who wouldn't be as apt to beg parents to buy the shows to see a heel Hogan. Whatever revenue WCW merchandise brings in was put at major risk as well, as Hogan was the top item seller, and clearly those numbers should drop substantially. Spoiler alert, they go through the fucking they roof. They absolutely go through the roof. Buy the shirt! Etc, uh, etc. Et that was my Kevin Nash impression. Did like you like that. it? I yeah. Like that. I like yeah. That. For older and long-time fans, seeing the biggest name in American wrestling do his first turn on a national scale is going to spark interest in a big way, particularly short-term. WCW officials knew that the Hogan turn had to be done right or it wouldn't be worth the risks, and it could only be done once, and long-term plans had to be finalized. There was legit fear, basically up until the last day, that Hogan would change his mind at the last minute, because it's Hogan, he's done it in the past. So a plan B contingency was made that Sting would do the heel turn and join the Outsiders. Largely due to the belief that too many people had speculated about Luger turning, which was apparently the original plan, or Savage turning, but nobody had speculated on Sting turning, and the company wanted a shocking finish to the show. Hogan's agreement, uh, agreement after a meeting on or around June 26 in Los Angeles was still being worked on uh, as late as the afternoon of Bash of the Beach. It was about that time when Bischoff reportedly told Hall and Nash not to worry about the third man, which we were talking about last week, where mm-hmm. we would say, don't worry, I've got something, don't worry about it. Um, it was about that time when, yeah, he told them not to worry about the third man. The three had, up to that point, had many discussions and brought up several names we'd heard. Like Mabel and stuff brought up. Oh, which... my God. Some... And, and as you say there, Luger had been closely connected to it. As Sam and I have said on the Classic Nitro Review, I don't think it's a terrible idea. No. Because he's just been sort of dancing between face and heel for so long. Yeah. Something concrete from him and the connection to up north. Yeah. It would have worked. But 
People might have seen it come in, but it would have worked. It's weird that this turns him into a, quite a big baby face as well. It does, yeah? yes. So it's, it's one, of the, one of the times when WCW just went bang, knocked it right out of the park. No mm. fudging, anything like that. So Bischoff wasn't at the Bash of the Beach show. He didn't arrive at the building until moments before the start of the live main event show because of the last minute working out of details with Hogan. WCW said something on there saying, oh, has Eric Bischoff been kidnapped? But, you know, they didn't. Um, WCW had attempted to keep the identity of the third man a secret and largely succeeded to the point where speculation had taken up a life of its own. Like we said, people said, oh, Mabel, yeah. Mm. Davey Boy Smith, yeah. <laughs> uh, Bruno San Martino, who knows? Every WWF wrestler missing a show and his family members, whether under contract or not, became fodder for the rumor mill. Within WCW, only a few knew it was Hogan, although by the middle of the past week, many who didn't know for sure were strongly expecting a Hogan heel turn, uh, and there were those who did know. Out and out. Scott Hall was telling people that he didn't know who it was until two hours before match time, although that's somewhat hard to believe. So he, <laughs> he was working the boys. So Absolutely working Holly, the Hollywood boys. Hulk Hogan's here. Wow, what a time. I mean... How exciting. The angle that got me back into wrestling. Really? Would yeah. you say that much so? That, like, this yeah. is what... Because I'd been away for it for years. Obviously, the new generation, no one's really talking about it. I'd kind of seen bits and bobs of what was going on with WWF because my cousin still watched. And I was like, oh, Shawn Michaels? Yeah, okay. Oh, Bret Hart? Okay, yeah, yeah, yeah. And then I just saw a picture of Hollywood Hogan and went, why is Hogan wearing black? What's the NWO? What is going on with WWF? <laughs> Why is... What's going on with Sting? <laughs> I need to see this. And, and that I was went, it. And I just went, oh, this is cool. <laughs> Kevin Nash is instantly my favorite wrestler. <laughs> straight away, I suck it in by uh, big sexy Kevin Nash. Like, he's just cool, isn't he? <laughs> so it's like the, the very tall, charismatic, you know, yeah. work shy wrestler. Yeah. Who's the one that you connected with the most? Yeah. Just, just putting that out. You say work shy, you know. The only Kev- <laughs> Sorry, Kevin Nash is indeed the hardest working man in showbiz. Well, like Kevin Nash, I'm, <laughs> I'm also the smartest man in wrestling. He is the smartest. <laughs> he is the smartest man in the room. It's funny because we all laugh, but it's it's only because you're the smartest man by having you know the one thing that none of us have up there, which is a work life balance. <laughs> yeah. Oh, look at you! All right, Wagey. <laughs> All right, you girls are clocking off at five, are you? Oh, I'm not staying here and doing extra. Oh, I might even what? join a union. <laughs> you, you'd all be crossing the picket lines, you. <laughs> Just you shouting, scab, scab, boo. <laughs> <laughs> oh, oh, oh. That'd be amazing. So Hogan's not the amazing. only 80s stalwart making headlines this no, week. Who no, who else? Well, in the WWF, Jim Helwig is officially suspended. <laughs> Oh, the Jim Helwig arc this week is fantastic. So we get a lot of this in Raw because they had to scrabble last minute to rewrite it. (laughs) So obviously, WF at this time are bulk taping episodes of Raw and they'd film something on this episode to lead up to the Ahmed Johnson, Shawn Michaels and Ultimate Warrior versus Camp Cornette match at International Incident. Mm. However, as we'll see on Raw, things, things changed. So he's been suspended. The suspension, which was announced later that evening on the Raw show, we'll go over that more in a minute, was effective immediately. Psycho Sid will take all of Warrior's announced bookings starting on July the 11th in Albany, New York, and continuing through the pay-per-view. Sid was flown into Stamford on July 8th, while Shawn Michaels, Ahmed Johnson, and Jim Cornette, who worked the Providence show the night before, stayed in town to do a series of vignettes taped earlier that day that ran throughout Raw. Again, we'll come to him in a bit. Mm-hmm. One of the things that... Um, Raw opens with Gorilla Monsoon 
But he stated the warrior would be welcomed back provided he posts an appearance bond, which is in fact basically the truth. Yes. Because he's been no-showing. They're just like, right, give us 100 grand of your money. And if you make all your dates, you'll get that money back, mm. basically. Because we're, we're letting down fans here. We're in a war. I don't know if you've noticed, Kevin Nash and Scott Hall are on the other side. <laughs> They're doing gangbusters. Um, Jack Atkins is watching that now. Yeah. We've, we've got to get him back over this side. Yeah. Get over here. <laughs> but he was never a fan of me. Doesn't matter, don't, Warrior. Doesn't matter, Warrior. <laughs> doesn't matter, Warrior. He's a young boy. Young boys love the Ultimate Warrior. Yeah, but he doesn't. It doesn't matter. <laughs> Put a shift in. So <laughs> Do it for Jackins. Yes. Vince McMahon told Warrior that he would be brought back provided he posted this large bond, which he would forfeit to the WWF provided he were to uh, no-show another card. The exact amount he will be required to post is being negotiated, but it will be in excess of 100 grand, Dave reckons. So they give 100 grand and then, well, he gives them 100 grand. Mm. And then they go, okay, once you've done all your dates, then as you said there, we all get it back. Yeah. So Helwig is said to have neither agreed to the price nor indicated that he won't meet the price in order to return. Although the belief is he will return. Mm. If Warrior were to agree to post the bond, he would probably be written back into the storylines and return to the WWF for the uh, Monday Night Raw taping on July 22nd in Seattle. The original provi- uh, plan provided heart. Uh, sorry, I'll start again. There's so much H's because he keeps calling him <laughs> Hellwig instead of Warrior. The original plan provided Warrior would miss the pay-per-view was to announce him as injured after the already taped angle involving Hart, Smith, and Vader was nixed, apparently because too many people were aware of the actual situation with the Warrior. So they decided against doing the typical pro wrestling angle. Uh, and we'll, we'll see how this plays out. Yeah, it's an interesting one, actually. There was tremendous bitterness within the company regarding Warriors no-shows. Reportedly, he was in Indianapolis on June 28th, had a uh, a telephone argument with Vince McMahon regarding something he saw at a licensing show a few days earlier. WWF sources claim that at no point did Warrior complain about his WrestleMania payoff in the argument, but he blew up because he saw a slogan of always believe being used as a WWF marketing slogan. He felt that was his personal slogan that he had used for years and that the WWF hadn't paid him for use of the slogan and felt the items of that slogan should have been his items and he should have been informed of them and received the cut of them. Did you trademark him, Jim? Because if you haven't, you're shit out of luck. Always believe. Always believe, which... They're not the adverts with your gentleman in the wheelchair doing the... Maybe, yeah, but... They're surely promoting the warrior rather than the company. yeah. You divot. He's just... He's like, oh, I can't believe you're using the Ultimate Warrior Master to promote the WWF. It's like, well, no, it's promoting you, you fart. So... Just have me on the shows, but don't tell anyone I'm there. Yeah. And then pay me. New Japan's like, oh, that's a good idea. <laughs> yeah, New Japan, oh, tell me more about this incredible new business proposal. Mm, so oh, we're all in. I wish to subscribe to your newsletter. So many in the WWF, particularly in the marketing department, were upset because Warrior apparently blew up a people in the department. <laughs> Dynamite. He's like, ah! <laughs> he's, he's like that dirty muppet that always blows stuff up. <laughs> John, from the plunder, John, <laughs> that dirty dynamite, Rodney. Yeah, Rodney, Rodney the Muppet, but with Jim Warrior's head. <laughs> da- Muppet that blows up dynamite. Yeah, people got to see John Hiley at Cult Hike Live as well. They did. Got to see John Hiley in the wild. It was like, hello, John. Hello, yeah, exciting, wasn't it? It was. Good shout, see John Hiley. Always a pleasure. I've, I've been told he does a uh, great Rodney Dangerfield. Yes. Yeah. Sometimes for too long. <laughs> We love you, John. Love you. Love the bones off of you, John. <laughs> but there was more, like, Warrior's been just 
going mad about them because he we said last week he'd done some no shows. He said, My dad's died, I'm mourning. And people's like, You haven't spoken to your dad since you were three? It's like people process grief differently. <laughs> Why are you burying me? I'm lovely, I've always been lovely. <laughs> so he's not been happy about that. He claimed on July first in an interview with Bob Ryder on Prodigy that he was having no problems with the WWF that caused him to miss the weekend shows. He couldn't understand why they were, you know, slaying him at live shows, saying, ooh, he's a, he's a gimp, this fella. He said he missed the show. <laughs> yeah, that was the exact word. Howard Finkel, this man is a gimp. <laughs> the gimp! <laughs> so he's saying... Ultimate Warrior's dad died on June 30th, but those in WWF claim the timeline doesn't fit because he missed the shows on June 28th and June 29th because <laughs> <laughs> he just flew home. He was getting ready. There was also bitterness from WWF that Helwig, who has a WWF wrestler, is not only banned from giving unauthorized interview, he gave an on-the-record interview on Prodigy, which is a competitor to America Online, which WWF has its contract with. Oh, jeez. I was wondering why like Prodigy popped up. When... Yeah. They do AOL stuff. So, yeah, he he was using the reason of his dad dying, but he never even informed the WWF, WWF as to the death of his father, who he had never spoken with since the age of three until he faxed McMahon, just saying, oh, yeah, yeah, that's me. So we'll It's s- a funny one with the rest of them because it's like there's like in, in regular jobs, like if I was unwell, I'd just I'd reach out to Adam and just go, I am. I'm not feeling well. I'm, I won't be able to come in today. Yeah. Um, I'll get. I'll. I'll make. I'll make sure this person does this and this and this. And this. Um, although if it's me, it's like Adam. I can't come in today, but I've already done a half a day, so <laughs> I. I might take a quarter of a day off. Mm. <laughs> but I'll. I'll write news from bed. It's fine. But then, like, in normal, in a normal job, if you're not, if you you do, imagine in wrestling though, it's probably not that simple. No, no. We have to go. Well, like we 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 plan stories around you. You can't just fuck off and just send a. Was it like Sid who would like? There was a few times where you'd hear like about Sid who'd ring like an office phone when he was in WCW. He'd ring like an office in the WCW head office headquarters. He'd go to voicemail. Go, oh, it's Sid. Yeah, I won't be a nitro. Bye. And like, so nobody would get the message. <laughs> He's like, I rang. I it's, rang in sick. I'm glad. <laughs> like, I imagine he's just done that. He's rang like a phone in in Stanford. Going, hi, it's Jim. Um, can't come resting. Bye. Hi, this is Buff Bagwell's mother here. <laughs> you give him a title shot, you cheeky boys. Yeah. Oh, well, smack your muffins. Ah, oh, we fired him. Uh, <laughs> well, that's naughty. <laughs> so, a bit more WCW news. <laughs> Are you ready for this? I'm born ready. Where it is that WCW made a three-year, 400 grand a year offer to Davey Boy Smith. Yeah! Get him in! Vince! <laughs> I got this paper. Is it from you? Because it's got wrestling in it. It says world, which world, world yeah, yeah, championship. And, and it says something about a title shot. It says world wrestling so, championship. Uh, like, thank you for giving me the championship. Is that what it means? It's, it's, yeah. Thank you. You're going to make me the big, I'll, big strong boy champion. Take it in cash. Yeah. <laughs> Is it a cash prize? Thank you very much. <laughs> <laughs> I had a call from Ike Turner. <laughs> <laughs> Something about rolling down. Something about rolling over a river. <laughs> something about I've got to go a nut bush city limits. <laughs> Jailhouse schoolhouse. <laughs> In house doghouse. <laughs> Cat chasing a mouse. Shit oh shit oh. <laughs> Where's that Tom? They call they call him bulldog. Yeah, bulldog. Bulldog city <laughs> boy. <laughs> bulldog shitty punches. <laughs> oh. <laughs> So WWF counted WCW's offer. 
they said, oh, yeah, they've offered you three years of 400 grand. He's like, how about five years? <laughs> That's not what happened. Vince uh, went, how about these three magic beans? <laughs> he went, oh, magic beans. Oh, it's our Diana finds out. I've never seen green beans before. <laughs> Diana, good news. <laughs> I've not got a contract, but I've got three magic green beans. Catch, you'll throw them out window. <laughs> oh, Crow took it. <laughs> Don't worry, ah! I've still got two left. <laughs> he throws this. One lands in the gutter. I've still got one. <laughs> one lands in the ground. He wakes up the next day and a bean stalk has grown. <laughs> oh, Diane, look. Fucking bean stalk. He goes up the bean stalk the top. Bean stalk. This Tom Billington slaps him in the face. You go back to bed, <laughs> you little shit. Go back down. Get off my bean stalk. Oh, no. I wish I'd taken them. I've heard there's ladies up here. I'm going to cop uh, off with them. <laughs> Someone's about I've got a goose up here. <laughs> I'm into that sort of thing in this cannon. I'm going to break that goose's <laughs> leg. <laughs> I'm going to break that goose's leg. Because I'm, I'm an horrible twat, Davy. <laughs> <laughs> Tom things over the bookies later that day with a golden egg. All of it on the 330 it kept. <laughs> Put the golden egg on Sad Ken. <laughs> Vince didn't offer him three <laughs> beans. Offered, oh, I really wish he did. Instead of 400 grand for three years, he offered him 250 grand for five. Well, okay. Yeah. I mean, I see what he's gone for there. Mm. It's a good strategy. Let's see if it pays off. Good luck to them. <laughs> so, I'm, ah, yeah. You're, okay, so they've offered you more money. I'm going to offer you, hear me out, less. Yeah. <laughs> but for an extra year. Oh, more more years more, equals more. Yeah, I'm going to keep you here for longer for less money. How's that sound? Title shot. No. <laughs> but these three magic beans. Oh, magic beans and money and yeah. Oh. I love money and yeah and beans. <laughs> he comes back and I got a, I got a, he goes, Diana, I got a, I got a, con, I got a contract signing pay fee. So I got money for just signing my name. Pulls out like 300 quid in Monopoly money. <laughs> Fits I can keep it all. He said, if I if I play my cards right, I could build a hotel on <laughs> on old Kent Road. <laughs> Diana's like, Vince, Davey, I should come to these meetings with you, really. No, it was fine. No, it's fine. Keep, keep car running. I, I thought Clarence I, Mason, he, he won't take my calls. <laughs> well, I thought that's a good sign. It means I'm doing something right. <laughs> they say that, don't they? Yeah. If people don't answer back, it means you're doing right. No news is good <laughs> news. <laughs> That's what they say. When no one calls you back, no news is good news. No news. Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. How to get 30, 30, bit to get 30, bit to get 20, 20, 20, bit to get 20, 20, bit to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month? So Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Even on a budget, quality is non-negotiable. That's why Quince is the place to score high-end essentials at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Get your hands on buttery soft cashmere sweaters from just 60 bucks, Italian leather jackets, and so much more. And the best part about Quince? They exclusively partner with factories committed to safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Elevate your style without the elevated price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns. There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with Plush Care. 
PlushCare accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. plushcare.com slash weight loss. WCW do have a plan B because there's lots of discussion about bringing in Chris Jericho, but you know, he's, oh. not, he's not Davy boy, is he? No, he's no Davy boy. Uh, My God, that'd be amazing. So WWF news. We mentioned last week that Barry Windham had talks. He's apparently been offered a contract, so odds are very good that he'll be headed up. Ah, the stalker. Talking of contracts, Bret Hart is currently not under contract. I think that's a bit of... I, I saw that in The Observer. I think that's a bit of Meltzer hooey. Yeah. Because from what I gather, he was under a contract for a long time, and, and, and if he was under, not under contract, then why didn't Bischoff just go, here's a bag of money? Yeah. You know, I think like he was always under a contract, and I feel like that Vince. Uh, I think we're coming up to that that time. Where... I was going to say he does sign a contract at some point. Yeah, though, I think he? he. I think he signs a new contract, but I'm sure he's still under contract. Yeah, well, he'd be under something. Yeah, even if it's just like an optioned extension or a handshake. Yeah, there's like some that. there's some deal there that can't be broken. The one two three kid had a meeting with Vince McMahon this past week regarding returning, but nothing definite was decided. Mm, yeah, that's the. Uh... Yeah. That's the end of an old Shawnee boy until 1998. Do you want to hear of someone who could be coming in? I would love to. But we won't see him until 1999. Go on. I think. Jesse Ventura. Oh, the governor of Minnesota. He's, he's no longer doing his radio drive time show in Minneapolis. <laughs> he, he's said to be wanting to return to WWF since he, he has very bitter feelings about the state of WCW. Ventura and WWF did have a bitter and lengthy lawsuit, which Ventura won. Uh, he's a goddamn sexual tyrannosaurus. That's why. <laughs> um, Dave doesn't know if there's a place for Jesse in WWF as he can't touch Jerry Lawler on the mic, although he'd at his worst be as good as Kurt Hennig. I love Jesse Ventura on commentary, but yeah, Lawler's in his groove. And yeah, he, there's no room I for him. I think he's of a time. Yeah. Is Jesse yeah. as good as he is? I don't think he f- would have fitted anywhere during like, the the new generation era and the Attitude era. I yeah. don't think. Be like putting Gorilla Monsoon back on commentary full time. It just would feel weird. Yeah. You know, I, I get that you want legacy voices to kind of get stuff over. That's the big appeal of having when Jim Ross joined AEW is having that recognizable wrestling voice doing your show. But uh, I think Jesse wouldn't work. He's like, this oh, lot. he's like, don't worry about events. I'm going to somehow successfully run for governor. And then I'm just going to get really, really into conspiracy theories. Yeah, that's, that's pretty much what he did. <laughs> yeah, it's pretty much what he did. Uh, the LA Times had a lengthy article about Olympic weightlifter Mark Henry. Oh! He's being sponsored by the WWF and will probably join after the Olympics. Henry isn't expected to medal, though. I always thought the, the thing was that he was did really good in like the Pan Am Games and stuff leading to the Olympics, and that it was disappointing he won- that he didn't medal. Oh, I, I'm not too sure. I know yeah. that I kind of he, he once won the World's Strongest Man mm. moniker, yeah. and they kind of dined out on that yeah. forever. But regardless, a very, very strong dude. Mm. The story in the LA Times talked about uh, Mark Henry's childhood idol being Andre the Giants, and he said the WWF is more honest competition than Olympic lifting because of the WWF steroid policy. (laughs) (laughs) 
Funny thing is, Henry in the story said he'd been tested for steroids about 40 times in the last 18 months, <laughs> which is a lot more often than a wrestler would be tested. Not to say that there's more steroid use in WWF than in Olympic lifting, because that wouldn't be the case today. But there was no mention on the article of Ken Patera, the last Olympic lifter who made a successful oh, transition. I thought it was quite an obvious little connection yeah. to make with Ken Patera. I wonder, I wonder if there's anyone else competing in the 1996 Olympic Games who will catch the eye of the wrestling world. Nah... No, no one who's no one who will take to it like a duck to water and become mm. arguably the greatest in ring of all time. That's mm. me. Duck my duck. Nah. And the old quacker himself. The old quacker himself. I can't think of anybody. Else. But I do. I do find that funny. How at this time going into the Olympics, they're all eyes are on Mark Henry. Yeah. And you got this other guy who is in the Olympics that year who is going to fucking change everything. Yes. And he does so on his own. He takes it like a duck to water. It's a yes. great example. And then WWF, meanwhile, are going, oh, yeah, Mark Henry. And as though this is Mark Henry, he would truly find his groove in years to come. But they signed... It took him a long time, though. A very long time. Yeah. They sign him to this sort of ironclad, watertight, 10-year deal. Mm. Uh, similar to something that they signed with Paul White in 99. Yeah. And it's a very famous WWF case of what seems like buyer's remorse because they sign him and he does fine, but he never really becomes the star they want him to be. But they've signed this big money ironclad 10 year deal, which is why they try and there was, there's a, there's a school of thought that says that in years to come, they'll try and embarrass him out of the company, you know, romance angles with Mae Young fathering a hand. Yeah. Which I didn't get as a kid, but got when I was older. Still don't. That she, it, it, he didn't have sex with her. She just wanked herself and somehow got herself pregnant with her own hand. Yeah, I didn't think of it that way. Yeah. I didn't think that was possible. Yeah, I but, take a test when I get home. Neither has given birth to a hand, Tom. Yeah, I guess <laughs> just a hand. But the hand grew up. And it did. We saw it on Raw a few years ago. Yeah, uh, funny things. Mm. They try to embarrass him out of the company. To which Mark Henry just goes, ah, "I'll just do whatever you tell me to do." I ain't scared. What a guy. It's again Vince McMahon just having a fetish fetish for large men. Yeah. He's like, oh, let's get that big lad and that big lad. And he's like, they're a bit useless, Vince. He's like, ah, yeah, let's bully them. It's like, no, Vince. (laughs) It's crap, isn't it? Don't bully them. Um, Get this, though. Go on. Oh, there is is a hot, hot sports star on the market. According to the Chicago Sun-Times, Dale Torborg... Son of former White Sox and Cleveland Indians manager Jeff Torborg wants to wrestle in the WWF. Oh! He played two years of Class A baseball, but was cut by the Yankees and failed to catch on. Rounder star! Mm. The Goon! The Goon! What's the baseball version of the Goon? The Boon! The Pitcher! The Pitcher! The Make Bat! A... <laughs> the, the Bat. Comes out with wings. Where? <laughs> I want to suck you. Uh, <laughs> Want to suck your baseball? So there, there's there you go, Dale Torborg, who will go on to be a successful baseball player, or a successful wrestling themed baseball player. No, 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 no. no, no, no. no. He doesn't become Abe Knuckleball Schwartz, no, sir. No, no. Or would he go on to become? I don't know. Um, a a a a character inspired by a band by the band named Kiss. Look, the biggest band in the world in 1999. Yeah. New metal's around, but everyone still loves Kiss. Mm. No, that's, that's a silly idea, isn't it? But does, he, does he become a race car driver, or am I thinking of Bob Holly? <laughs> I think you're thinking of Bob oh, Holly. Thinking of <laughs> and he also becomes a singer from Kiss. Kiss, yeah. <laughs> he certainly does. So that's everything I've got. Oh, that no. was a bit lengthy. Yeah, that's what she said. I warned you. She did, that's, that's also what Oh, God, said. no, that's... <laughs> <laughs> we often preach about the consent here. Let's let's not get, let's not get our uh, undies. Why you said twist. I did warn you? Uh, now 
I uh, so it turns out, and I don't know whether I've just not been paying attention. So apologies to this. Uh, WWF ne- WWE Network have dropped a few episodes of Superstars from this period on the network. Yeah. So a few Superstars episodes from 1996. So I had a very I had a quick watch through of the Superstars episode that aired two days before Raw on July the 8th. Won't take too long on this. Uh, Ahmed Johnson battered Rock Wagner. Uh, smoking guns barrel through Barry Harwitz and RT Williams. We saw the debut of who? Who? Go on. No, that's the name of the wrestler. Who? Uh, Who had a match against uh, 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 Savio Vega? Salvatore Sincere? No, it was who? Salvatore Sincere? This was the commentary for 12 insipid minutes. Uh, Who faced Savio Vega as they made that same joke constantly? Uh, His theme music... (laughs) Do you get it? His name is a question. His theme music weirdly sounds like a ticking clock... Um, he's from who knows where and weighs who knows what. He lost to Savio Vega with a schoolboy. Nah, this <laughs> loves the who joke. Cindy Lou Who, I hate you. Shandalo <laughs> <laughs> Who. Uh, Salvatore Sincero was in action, though. Oh. He beat Dan Jessa. He cuts a promo where he says, Hi, and I love you all very, very much. Sincerely. The thing is, the, the, the subtlety is, Salvatore Sincere isn't sincere. That's his whole thing. What a cad. Uh, when he shout, when he, when he cuts a promo and he says, I love you all very, very much, a kid in the crowd shouts, go find gold dust. He wins with a full Nelson slam. <laughs> got punked out by a little kid. He it's did, like, basically. Good line, that, yeah. Uh, we've got a Camp Cornette promo where Bulldog essentially flexes all the way through. Does fuck and, and faces away from the hard camp. <laughs> so we just see his back for the entire thing. That's, Hello, Owen. Uh, <laughs> Three beans, mate. I'm sure this. <laughs> I'm sure this at one point Owen sort of taps him as if to go, "Hey, bulldog, you're facing the wrong way." Right. To which he kind of turns slightly to the left, but is still facing the wrong way. I like the fact that everyone's facing the hard camera. It's just like, why are they all facing the wrong way? Although they end up weirdly, I don't know whether to make it feel better. They all sort of face Jim Cornette, yeah. really in close quarters. So there's a bit where the cameraman has to sort of try and get around the boulder shoulders of Vader to actually get a shot of Jim Cornette and see what he's talking about. Uh, Godwin's beat Sonny Rogers and Kevin Kruger with uh, the smoking guns on the apron, just sort of. Going, oh, you're a shit. Oh. Yeah, I thought you meant just doing corn hands. Sadly not. Mm. Uh, we get a TL Hopper uh, promo. He's coming in. This is the wrestling plumber that Jack Atkins talked about next week, last week. Uh, he's fixing a toilet with his trusty plunger, Betsy. He talks like Larry the Cable Guy. <laughs> I'm going to come in that there wrestling. going to come in there to wrestle. I'm a plumber by trade. My daddy's a plumber. going to come be a plumber. And I'm going to be here with We're getting the month of the green and the grime of the wrestling. Wouldn't be the best that there is. Why don't you stay in plumbing? Just the thought. I don't know yeah. why, you need to, yeah. why you need to wrestle. Uh, true story, T.L. Hopper's father... Legitimately, is a plumber. Oh, right. We'll talk more about T.L. Hopper when we see him. Uh, uh, Steve Austin refused to wrestle Aldo Montoya. And then just as he's about to forfeit the match, he gives him a cheap shot and a stunner. And then there's a non-match. This is kind of, you mentioned this last yeah. week, Steve Austin's raison d'etre. So he's now just hitting people with stunners and people are like, that's quite good, though. Yeah, it's cool. <laughs> he just comes out and goes, you, you could tell your kids, tell your family that you beat Steve Austin via stoppage or whatever. And as, and as they turn to leave, Austin decks them and gives them a stunner. And that's the bit. It's pretty nice. I wonder if it'll work in getting them oh, over. I wonder what will happen. Uh, so that was Superstars uh, just before, a couple of days before Monday Night Raw. Let's get to Monday Night Raw. And as Jack Atkins told us, indeed, Gorilla Monsoon opens the show in his lovely office and suspends the ultimate warrior. Oh. 
This is due to failing to appear as advertised at recent shows. It'll be lifted once he posts an appearance bond for future events. However, as all good suspensions go, you are allowed to at least pop up one more time. So he's wrestling Owen Hart tonight. Uh, it's almost like this isn't live and they've recorded it mm. despite the immense popularity of the ultimate warrior no one wrestler is above answering to wwf fans which is uh, uh a line they have taken since very seriously mm. they want wwe as it is now to be the brand don't they they just Oh, yeah. That no one always, individual. It's just, yeah. That was always the thing, is they just wanted to slap WWE on a logo, and then it's just interchangeable people that come along and do it. They want WWE to be the selling brand rather than a particular wrestler. Yeah. You know, and I kind of get that. You oh, know, yeah. In the, you know, in, in the long term, it means that you can people, people will move in and out and stuff. And then if you have a show where the top guy isn't there, you're still selling it because you're selling the WWE brand. Yeah. Uh, rather than a wrestler. Uh, Owen Hart is already in the ring, casted up in the ring with Jim Cornette, and Warrior's music hits. Out comes the Warrior, finally making it to a show. Vince hopes this isn't the last time we see the Ultimate Warrior on WWF television. He's just been suspended. He's allowed one more match, of course. Lawler promises us that this is indeed the last time we'll see him on Raw. And it will be until 2014. <laughs> and technically, it's the last time we'll see him in WWF because WWE. Ah, uh, that's very, very true. Can't wait to cover that episode of Raw when we're 72 oh, years old. Oh, Christ. I just, just I wheel myself in. <laughs> <laughs> you have to keep giving me electroshocks to start, start my heart again into hour two of Raw <laughs> after a 19-hour WrestleMania. God, this is not going to be kind. Uh, tonight on Raw, Vader and Bulldog face the Godwins a little later on tonight. Uh, but right now, it's about Warrior and Owen. Warrior dodges a surprise attack by Owen, sends him splatting to the outside. We get a picture-in-picture picture of Shawn Michaels and Ahmed Johnson. And how serendipitous the night after Bash the Beach, where the big question on Monday Night Raw is, who is the third man? Isn't that great? It is pretty good. That's tight. That's quite. That is serendipitous, isn't it? That this is the now Warriors out of the picture. They've got to replace with somebody else. So they are saying a lot, like we've got to find a third man for our team. And they're going, oh, we're going to make you wait all night to find out who the third man is. It's it's a clever hook for the show. It's a very clever. Considering hook. they had to scramble to basically rewrite this last minute, and just yeah. fun, and just nicely in time with Bash of the Beach of the night before. I do like the fact though that like in kayfabe as well that just <laughs> Shawn Michaels and Ahmed Johnson are just hanging out in the back. Just wearing street trousers. That's it. <laughs> tops no top. Off. Tops off. Holding the belt. She's like, all right, Ahmed. All right, sure. <laughs> oh, should we get together? It's like, oh, you're not wearing the top. Neither <laughs> are you. Oh, you got the memo. Fantastic. I'd, I'd have to wear a shirt. I'd feel too conscious yeah. with those two, their tops off. Warrior dominates Owen Hart. You're gorgeous. Oh, thanks, mate. <laughs> I'm a bit like a semi-deflated bouncy castle, but I'll take it. <laughs> Bat body drop, punches in the corner. Big old scoop slam by Warrior. Owen attempts a couple of clotheslines, but Warrior keeps on powering up. Owen counters a Warrior splash uh, and, and takes him down with a low blow as we go into the break. Uh, Owen lands an Inzaguri, uh, so he takes a moment to pose with his Slammy Award. Did you see the sign in the crowd as well? It said, Jim, no Selwig as well. <laughs> oh, that's amazing. Yeah, I was quite happy with that. They're wrong. They're right, to be fair. But it was nice seeing, yeah, Owen with the Slammy and then Cornette was going up and the camera going, ah. Brilliant. Yeah, love this gimmick. Owen attempts a sharpshooter, but Warrior kicks him off. This is, of course, the cue for the British Bulldog to waddle to the ring. What's going on? <laughs> it's so weird because, like, he walks to Owen's corner, like, bangs on the ring canvas three times, and then walks off. 
That's me. See you I feel like, and I, I don't know whether you're the same, I feel like when I watch these episodes of Raw lately, I hyperfixate on the bulldog. Yeah. Like, I'll kind of breeze through what some wrestlers do. Yeah. But I'm like, did you notice how Warrior blinked his eye seven seconds into the bit he was on the screen? <laughs> It's I just, like over I overanalyze bulldogging these now. It's it's just waiting for him to say something like oh or even just oh, do something that's oh. a bit silly. He's great. He's amazing. Bulldog walks towards Owen's corner, smacks that Matt, and then walks off. This somehow powers up the warrior. <laughs> who lands a series of clotheslines and a shoulder tackle. Bulldog then attempts to run in, but Warrior immediately drives him into the turnbuckle. The ref throws out this match. Vader now hits the ring. It's not, a... not just any ref. It's Earl Hebner. Of course it's Hebner. He's just like, okay, well, it's DQ. It's like, well, Bulldog hasn't attacked him, so, you know. It's always Earl always Bastard Earl. Hebner. As you say, sorry, Vader comes in. Yeah, Vader comes in once Hebner's down. It's a three-on-one at this point. Referees are swarming the ring to stop the rot, but no available. Owen hits um, Warrior with his cast, and then Vader lands a Vader bomb, but not before Jim Cornette twats him a few times with the tennis racket. Uh, Warrior uh, carried out to the back during the break. Mm. Uh, fears of numerous injuries. So the Observer says that the original plan for this pay-per-view was to have Hellwig, um, well, providing Hellwig missed the pay-per-view, was to announce him as injured after the already taped angle involving Owen Hart, Dave Boy Smith, and Vader yeah. was nixed, apparently because too many people were aware of Hellwig's situation. So the original plan was they were going to have him, because they realized that he was being a bit of a dick. Yeah. They were going to quietly write him off telly. And then, and then sort of do this third man thing anyway. So this is all played out the way that they were planning to do it. But then obviously a lot of reporters and stuff caught wind of him being an arse. Yeah. So they just went and owned it by having Gorilla at that bit at the start with the Gorilla going, no, we've suspended him. So you'll see him tonight, but then after that he's suspended. Which is why it feels like... Because I, I watched this and went, why don't they just do an injury angle? Why do they need to bring the suspension thing in as well? And they go, oh, okay, that's why. They, yeah. They've just decided just to own what's really happening. Fair play, yeah. It was a sign of the attitude era. Yeah. Isn't it? <clears throat> um, Shawn Michaels and Ahmed Johnson tops off for Harambe, assure us that the third man is definitely on his way to the arena, but whose side is he on? Savio Vega makes his way to the ring. Next part. But... I've, got, I've got a thing here, though. Oh, go for it. Going back to Sean. Sean does mention he's had issues with this third man before. Yeah. Do you think this was them trying to say to people, oh, it could be Kevin Nash? Oh, I never thought of that. Very likely. Because that's what I was thinking, considering what's been going on and WCW saying, oh, they're under contract to us, mm. but they work for WWF. And WF being like, nah, nah. You want a bit of that? We'll throw a bit of that, yeah? Very likely. Mm. They could have been trying to sort of convince people that, oh, no, he's... It's uh, subtle yeah. for WF, very subtle. Very subtle for the WF, but I like the way that they did it. Um, so Sean Michaels and Ahmed waiting for possibly Kevin Nash here later on. Brian Pillman appears during Savio Vega's entrance, swinging his crutch wildly <laughs> until Pat Patterson ushers him to the back. So such a such a weird Brian Pillman involvement yeah, in these so, shows. I Very was, scattered. I'm so happy to see him. But I like the fact that as soon as he was ushered, he just like kind of like snapped out of it. He's like, I'm sorry, I'm so sorry. And he's like, oh, they're putting him over as the loose cannon. But also subtly aligning him with Steve Austin. Mm. Steve Austin's had his problems with Savio Vega. And every time we've seen on our shows, Pillman... Austin's not been too far away. Uh-huh. Interesting, like I said, I've been watching these episodes of Superstars. On the episode next week, uh, the Superstars ends, and it's Vince, Jim Ross, and Mr. Perfect on commentary, and Brian Pillman joins them for the last like minute. 
and he's on his got his headset on and he talks about like how honored he is to be in the WWF and bursts into tears saying how like you're like family to me Vince you're like my dad and I love you and he puts his arms around them all and hugs them and they're like what's his game and that's how superstars ends next oh. week it's so weird so weird a couple to like a week before that vince is getting screamed at by pilman going where's my money <laughs> it's so good fantastic he's just a, a literally a loose they're, they're keeping the loose cannon thing yeah in 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 their own way they're letting him still be loose cannon brian pilman oh, and yeah. i love it because it's such a good character that Years later, WWE were like, we'll do it again with Dean Ambrose, but this time we'll make it shit. <laughs> Instead of him being some lunatic, he's going to have a plant and eat a hot dog. And it's like, ah, oh, come on. <laughs> they tried, but at the same time, they didn't try. Yeah. Uh, Savio Vega is facing Justin Hawk Bradshaw as he hits the ring. We see the cover of WWF magazine. Mark Merrin Sable mm. on the cover this week. Name him. Uh, a very intense match with Vega and Bradshaw. George Akin and a pie face to get us started uh, from Bradshaw. Savio lands a lovely spinning wheel kick that takes him to the outside. I'm sure I see him hit this a few more times after this. Mm. Maybe even hit it during his match with Austin. Can't quite remember. But it's a bit of a it's a bit of a Savio favorite. Yeah, it's very nice. They announced that Bradshaw just the other week lost a match to newcomer Freddie Joe Floyd. Tracy Smothers won a match on WWF television. Oh. Again, next week we'll talk about superstars, but next week on superstars, Freddie Joe Floyd gets a promo and a match. Does he spell thug? No, it's the same. G for jail, because the thug can't spell. <laughs> <laughs> It's sad. It, it is. It is the safest Tracy Smothers promo you ever did here. Well, because it doesn't go on for twenty-five minutes. It doesn't go on for say everybody <laughs> dies. He's very safe. He's very sound. Jerry Lawler and Vincent Mann. I spent a bit of this match talking about who could be the tag partner of Shawn Michaels and Ahmed Johnson. And Jerry Lawler suggests that John Travolta should be Shawn and Ahmed's partner since he has the power to heal people. Oh. Did you get this reference? Is this? The start of him being out as a Scientologist. No, but I see where you would have made that connection. Uh, this is a plug for his new movie, Phenomenon. Oh, okay. Where John Travolta stars as an everyman who is inexplic inexplicably struck by lightning and transformed into a genius with telekinetic powers. Right. With hilarious results. Uh. Um, I believe uh, the song The Touch by Peter Gabriel features in the soundtrack. <laughs> Fantastic. It's all bit, the only thing I can remember from the movie is, is that montage set with I Have the Touch, that one. Uh, it's not a bad film. A bit weird. Um, <laughs> Forrest Whitaker's in it. His house burnt down. Uh, <laughs> Forrest Whitaker's Austin Bay. <laughs> well, said it wasn't me that did it. Oh. Bradshaw is in charge of this match. He hoofs Vega into the turnbuckle. Jerry Laura and Vincent Mann do the who bit, talking about who's debut oh. the other day. Oh, Jesus Christ. Look, if you're going to do a gimmick based on a joke, give me a trios team featuring an Englishman, a Scotsman, and an Irishman. <laughs> Just saying. <laughs> I've told you a joke about... <laughs> hey, Triple H gets a call from Logistics. Um, <laughs> oh, that bombed exactly as I hoped it would on, the, on Saturday, didn't it? Yeah, I think it was you, helped. It's a true test of your metal when a joke is just completely bomb, completely silenced. I, th I think it was helped by the fact that myself, Matthew and Sam just sat there just going, oh no, he's telling me. <laughs> <laughs> Honoured. 
Honest. <laughs> it's a great joke. Uh, it is a brilliant joke. Great joke. Jerry Lawler op- opines that the third man could be Jose Lothario. He finds that hilarious. Jose knocked out Jim Cornette the other week. Yeah. Wouldn't be a bad shout. Huh? Uh, Jerry kicks off the Jake alcoholism gags once again, which are always hilarious. Yeah. Uh, Savio Vega powers up with a headlock with a jaw from a jaw- from a headlock with a jawbreaker. We get a random call. This is fucking weird. We got Mister Perfect on the line. Yeah. Mr. Perfect, hello. And he's like, hi, guys, can you hear me? A little picture of Mr. Perfect pops up in the corner. Yeah, Mr. Perfect's here. When we come back, we will hear from Mr. Perfect. Stay with us. Cut away. We come back. Yeah, we've lost Mr. Perfect. We can't get hold of him. And so, we never hear from him again. Yeah, what a waste of time. It was just him showing off the fact that he's got a car phone. That was it. <laughs> what? It, this is a pre-taped show. This is like, remember when mobile fan, phones first became a thing and the first time you got one and you just call people to say, ah, yeah, mm. I'm walking down the street on a phone. Yeah. This is mad. So, so that's this all is, this was. was yeah. It? Tim going, how mad is this? I'm oh. gone. Uh, yeah. <laughs> yeah, don't worry about it. <laughs> like, for those listening on the podcast, Jack Atkins basically mimed picking a brick out no, of his pocket. You're not you're not to know that unless unless you're on the Patreon. <laughs> <laughs> and he got his knob out. Yeah, I got my knob out. Oh, God, it's, it's ridiculous. Yeah, it's, I had to unfold it like a phone. <laughs> <laughs> it has a ringtone, it's weird. Yeah. Um, Jerry... <laughs> So, so we don't find out whether Mr. Perfect is the tag team partner because he gets cut off. Yeah. That's a weird thing to do. Top rope shoulder tackle by Justin Hawk Bradshaw gets a near fall. Uh, we get a, It's a long TV match, but it's quite fun. I've enjoyed it so far. Uh, Vega comes back with a back body drop. Vincent Lauder now considering Brian Pillman as a third man. Nice to have him in the conversation. If it wasn't for his leg, that would be a great show. Mm-hmm. Malfunction at the junction for the finish. Uncle Zebekiah grabs the leg of Vega. Uh, Vega trips, and in doing so, misses the clothesline from hell. Spinning wheel kick from Savio gives Savio the win. But Bradshaw and Zebekiah hit him with the with the bow on the bull rope. Yeah. And try and brand and actually end up branding him post-match as well. On the face. On the face. Yeah. Brands the shit out of him good for good measure. What do we think of uh, Bradshaw versus Savio Vega? It went too long for me. Yeah? I thought it wasn't bad. It wasn't great. It was at times boring because Bradshaw was going for rest holds. You could see the crowd in droves going to the toilet. <laughs> and the thing is, though, uh, we haven't seen either of these on Raw for a while. So mm. for us just watching Raw, we're just like, why are these two fellas who are non events getting like a really long TV match? Wasn't Raw on last? Well, no, Savio, uh, no, Savio, Savio week. but I mean, but he, he hasn't he been was on last week. But he's not been featured. Yeah, he's not been a fa- like. Ooh, uh, don't worry, Savio Vega's got a promo or Savio. Ve- but not, yeah, not since um, pre King of the Ring. I do suppose it is nice that they're building new storylines. They're giving them the spot. They're building it up. Obviously, this is the first we've seen of this of, on Raw. With hindsight, spoiler, this becomes a storyline. So, yeah, fine. But it did it did feel weirdly long, like you said. Mm. It wasn't a bad match, but just because I'm not invested in these characters, it was just a bit like, oh, yeah, lads, get to the finish. <laughs> it skips the good part. Yeah. Uh, Shawn Michaels and Armour Johnson are backstage, still tops off for Harambe. Uh, he's on his way. He'll be there in a minute. <laughs> it's like... Like the, basically, Sean Armored being ex every taxi head office in the nineties. <laughs> yeah, he's just around corner. We're in a cul-de-sac. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> he's just coming down your road now. Are you sure? Because 
Uber killed all that, didn't it? Yeah. I can literally see where my driver is. I know you're lying. Uh, Vince says next week, I love this, two title matches next week. Ahmed Johnson defends the Intercontinental d- title against one half of the tag team champions, Bart Gunn, mm. and Shawn Michaels defends a WWF title against the other half of the tag team champions, Billy Gunn. Mm. Daddy ass getting a shot at the WWF title in 1996. Did you notice as well that Armour Johnson called them Philly and Fart? <laughs> I thought it was silly and fart. Oh, it, it may have been silly. I thought it was Philly like a horse. Oh, it could still be Philly like it, a horse. Yeah. Philly and fart or silly and fart. And because Sean kind of gives a little tee. <laughs> <laughs> That's so funny, Armour. And he warns, he warns them both, don't bring a gun if you don't plan on using it. Yeah. Um, it's not the phrase, but... No. I don't. Okay. Okay, I won't. Uh, we get footage of a tailgate party outside the Meadowlands. Sean, Brett, Undertaker, and Sonny are all there having a lovely time. Then we get footage of the block party at New Haven with Doc Hendricks and the WWF band having an equally lovely time. They're so cool. Anytime Doc Hendricks is in public with the band always makes me smile. I saw, He's living his best life. I saw something on Twitter yesterday. In the future, from this point, when... Uh, Doc Hendricks becomes the manager of the Hardy Boys. Mm-hmm. He was 40. So at this point, he's younger than you are now. Shit. But someone's like, yeah, Michael Hayes was 40 apparently when he was managing the Hardy Boys. That can't be right. That's what someone said. No. I'm going to look actually. Because that would, like, during like the bad street days, that would have made him like 19. I'm going to have a look. You've got to check that. No, that's bullshine. I refuse to believe he was 18 at the height of his running world class. I'm not getting any signal. Hang on. I'm going to look this there. Somebody's lied to you there. Someone's lied to me. On Michael Hayes. People don't lie on the internet. No one lies on the internet. No, it can't be. So when was he with the Hardy Boys? 90... 1999. Yeah. So 1959? He's 63 now. That works out. So he was born in 1959. When did he... So he was 40 in 1999. So at this point here in 1996, he's 37, 38 maybe. Fuck. What the fuck? Yeah. He debuted as a wrestler in 1977. So he would have debuted... 69, 79. Debuted when he was 18. Hmm. He was wrestling in world class. So was he in his mid-20s? When did he join the Freebirds? Okay. Fabulous Freebirds in the 80s. Okay, I need, I need an exact... Okay, the Fabulous Freebirds started performing together in 1979. Wow. So he was born... Okay, let's do, some, let's do a calculator. So um, 1979 <laughs> minus 1959. He'd been 20. 20. Fucking 20! You needed a calculator for that. <laughs> I did my... I'm tired. I'm tired. I'm old. The real hardest working manager. Real showbiz. fucking hardest working manager. So, Fuck. so yeah, because someone pointed out that because I saw Jeff Hardy was trending for, oh God, what happened? That's just the way we are in Jeez. the business. And someone po- posted the picture of Michael Hayes with the Hardy Boys saying in 1999, he was 40 as their manager, younger than what Matt and Jeff are now. Jesus. <laughs> yeah. That's terrible. So, so now is Matt Hardy older than Michael Hayes was then? Yeah. Fucking hell. <laughs> Why? I never thought. I always thought he was like an old man. Yeah. Like he's a young prodigy, is Michael Hayes. But it's like seeing Hogan. He looks like he's in his fucking 30s in 96. What about oh, Ho- he was, wasn't he? Yeah. yeah. What about Hogan at his prime? 
<laughs> looked like an old man. Yeah, he's always looked like... It must be a fashion... It's a fashion and nutrition thing, isn't it? You see, yeah. him, you see him when you watch Alan Bajiti's streams on Tuesdays where he watches... When he watches fucking Bullseye. Oh, and, and like, like, hello, I'm Mike. I'm from Aldershot. And I'm 19. He's got like a hair like disappearing on the back of his head. <laughs> really thin moustache. Thin like, pervert moustache. 19 now, you Mark. Well, step up to the hockey. Let's see how you get on tonight. Oh, that's <laughs> it. That's exactly what happened. 19-year-old Mark who's been working as a... as He's been working in a, in a pottery factory for 10 years. Yeah. Like, and Jesus looks like he's working there for 30. Yeah. And now Milan is at 19. Oh, fucking hell. Yeah. So t- t- tough paper round for Michael PSA. Jesus Christ, the toughest of paper rounds mm. for PSAs for Bad Street USA. Well, good for you, Michael. Yeah. You're not as old as I thought you were. Um, Vader and the British Bulldog make their way to the ring. Our boy is in the house. <laughs> and they're facing the Godwins, those poor goats being carried by the Godwins. I was transfixed by them. I've just got here. Oh, they've got lovely little goats again. <laughs> Bulldog planning goat's milk king as we speak. It's like, oh, there's a market for that for weirdos who don't like drinking cow milk. <laughs> yeah, the people don't like drinking cow milk. Have you heard Fucking some people bastards. eat goat's cheese? Goat's cheese. Goat's cheese. That's Fucking mental. <laughs> How do you cheese a goat? Oh, t- and t- that's t- a milk one. How do you cheese one? Tell it it's ugly. That's how you cheese a goat. <laughs> <laughs> Bruce, Bruce, get that rental unit. We'll try something out. <laughs> oh no, Bruce, rent that, uh, rent that. <laughs> That steel vehicle again with all the space in the back that we can <laughs> that we can jet wash clean after. I want to try something. Well, that's really dark. Uh, Henry... In for a penny, in for a pound. <laughs> <laughs> oh god! No goats were harmed in the making of this monologue. Henry Godwin outmuscles the British Bulldog earlier on, which is hilarious. Uh, Vader then gets in and just starts lobbing Hog around. <laughs> just boy starts throwing fucking bombs. <laughs> and just, like, oh, stop being good. Uh, Cornette on commentary calls Warrior gutless, laughs about his suspension, and as he's doing so, Henry Godwin fucking suplexes Vader! This was really impressive. Fucking yeah! That's not even the most impressive thing you'll do in this match. He hot tags to Phineas, and Phineas gets run down by Vader. (laughs) I feel like every time Phineas gets in, he's just there just to be whipped. Yeah. And he doesn't really do much in this match. Uh, Cornette, still slagging off the Warrior on commentary, says that Warrior has, quote, gone to visit his cousin, Prince Bobo, on planet Zambodia. (laughs) (laughs) Which is a lovely little soliloquy from Jim Cornette. (laughs) Warrior, Bulldog, where's where's planet Zambodia? Is it on my map that you got us? Oh, that's... (laughs) Have we been... Tyler... Yeah. What's the name? What's the name of uh, what's the name of uh, Prince Charles's ex-wife? Diana. Have we ever been to Zambon? Where did we go on holiday last year? Oh no, that was Tembe. <laughs> <laughs> lovely. Hey, lovely. Hey, lovely. We had the weather. Yeah. Tembe. Lovely little. There's a there's a pub down the road. Fish and chips, three quid. Yeah. But they're every day. <laughs> Fish and chips and pie, 16 pints of bitter. Fish and chips. That was my holiday. Only Fools and Horses on telly. Only Fools and Horses on telly. That episode where he falls through the bar. It's fucking amazing. Amazing. Comedy ended there. Wet myself every time I see it. <laughs> see, I got through so many trousers. Every time I watch it, I think, oh, this time I'll be right. Oh, no, he's oh, done it again. He's done it again. Oh, well, fucking hell. Hans Elboy, he's such a character. No, they don't make comedy anymore. Diana, why are you crying? <laughs> 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 Why are you crying again? Again! <laughs> again! 
Dad, can we have 50p for our You've already had 50p for our kid. <laughs> I'd have bought you a You're kite. You're my kids. <laughs> bought you a kite you haven't played with. <laughs> oh, God. <laughs> Davey, um, <laughs> Davey Sausage King's been on the phone. I'm on holiday. They said it's urgent. What? His house caught fire. <laughs> His house burned down. It's a crossing of the punchlines, <laughs> isn't it? All right. Love, I've got to nip back home. Keep Caravan warm. <laughs> Just bombs it back to bombs it back to Wigan. Gets in his reliant Robin. Little three-wheel car. Pulls it pulls it in a booker's cash and carriage. On the way. Picks up picks up a job lot of sausages. Diane and the kids have a lovely time. They've arguably a better time without. Yeah. <laughs> so when he gets back and checks the post, he's like, oh, WCW, that's Vince. No. Oh. What a day. Uh, Henry Godwin, in fucking impressive here. Oh, before we do. Vince tells us that we won't have time for an Undertaker video tonight. Maybe next week. Oh. Spoiler, that video is fucking brilliant. It's worth the wait. Oh, really? Yeah. Oh, okay. Yeah. I watched it the other day. It's fucking brilliant. Uh, we'll, but I'll talk about it next week. Henry Godwin catches Vader coming in for a corner splash. Oh. Instead, instead of just sort of sidestepping him or absorbing it, he grabs Vader in midair, does hog, Walks three steps into the center of the ring, fucking slams him. I didn't know he had this in him. Me neither. It's amazing, isn't it? Yeah, because th this crowd has been a bit crap. Mm. But they were waking up for these going, oh, Jesus. Ooh. They were waking up for when Vader was on offense because Vader's cool. But when Hog was doing all this stuff, they're like, Jesus, Henry Godwin's not bad. They came alive for yeah. Henry Godwin here. They really did. Uh, hot tag to Phineas. Um, match breaks down from here. And it ends up with Phineas in the wrong place again. He gets clubbed from behind by Vader and walks into a bulldog power slam. I don't even want to call it a running power slam. No, he just went, oh, just, oh. oh fuck the running part. You, you, you did say a hot tag to Phineas. Hmm. It was a tepid, tepid tag. Tepid, yeah. A tepid <laughs> tag to Phineas. Do you know what? Really fun match. I did like as well when it finished just out of nowhere, Diana turned up to go, oh, great match, lads. Yeah. <laughs> like she's just been off to the side all the time and just popped up at the end. But like you're saying, yeah, good match. The Godwins look strong. Like you say, Henry looked really impressive. For me, this should have been less of a challenge for the heels considering they just beat the fuck out of the Warrior. The only people to really ever do it. Mm. They should have put them against a different team that they could have just battered. Yeah. But... Good match. Not going to complain about a good match. Win was the right call, but... Shouldn't have got as much in as they did. C considering that next week, Shawn Michaels has got a layup against Billy Gunn. I know that he's a, a tag team champion. Mm. I know they're going to have a decent match because Billy Gunn's a decent worker, but still, on paper. But that, I don't... See, this is it. Like, I always kick off and go, like, uh, the best tag team in the world mm. should still be able to beat the best two singles wrestlers in the world. As in a, a team. In, as, in yes. a tag match, yes. yes. This, I'm next week, I'm fine with. Yeah. Because it's like, well, you're not you're not doing tag team matches, yeah, yeah. so therefore, you know, it's, that, that's you, my you should have a disadvantage. Many years, I did the tag team champions ranked list, and I think the last thing I put two as like 102 and 101. It was like two people just brought together because they've got nothing better to do. It's like, why should they be not only beating tag teams but winning the titles? Mm -hmm. And two people feuding who somehow come together. It's like this is even worse because not only should they not be able to beat tag teams, they can't even agree on what to have for lunch. Hate that trope. It's mainly a WWF it. thing, and they always do it. It's like, oh, the original odd couple, will they win the titles? It's like, no, they shouldn't. How will they get along? Oh, they no. won't, and that's fine. Call the Superstar line now to find out about the alleged love triangle between Goldust, Marlena, and Sable. Mm. But where does mankind fit into all of this? <laughs> okay. In the corner, pulling his butt. Yeah. 
I wish I could go back and not say that. No, you've said it. I've said it. It's staying in. It's in. It's staying in. It's been said. Uh, Backstage, Cornette metaphorically pulling his put. He is delighted uh, about the result there. Says there's no way that Sean and Ahmed have a partner. They're going to beat them up. An international incident. We cut to Sean and Ahmed. Tops off a Harambe with their belts. And they say, oh, we have got a chat. We have got a partner. He's here as well. He has come in the in the same gear as them two. Jeans and no top. It's fucking Psycho Zin. Oh. Cue Hollywood style zoom in on Jim Cornette's horrified face as Sid growls to the front of the people at the side of the camera. It was a typical Sid promo where he went loud and then very quiet, so quiet I couldn't really hear. He's like, You are the man at the back. I've translated some of it. He says, <laughs> um, you're probably asking yourselves, Shawn Michaels, what have you got and done? Twice he's opened the gates of hell. Oh. For Camp Cornette, there is no good news. And then he says, I can hear voices screaming out for help, but no one's there. No one's there. Just twaddle. Yeah. It's brilliant. Yeah. Cornette is calling for Gorilla. He's going to call Clarence Mason and get Sid out of the match. He is apoplectic as Raw goes off the air. Great way to bring back Sid. Oh, as God. Like, because like, Jim... And Cornette's always great with yeah. this. Cornette was like, ah, you haven't got anybody. And the sheer look of horror and, and anger and fear on the face of Cornette mm. when Sid appeared was exactly what it needed for that moment. And arguably, this will be the best run of Sid's career, won't it? Yes. Yeah. Yes, it will do. Yeah. So we'll get a decent, just decent half a year yeah. out of Sid, I think. Yeah. A year, maybe three quarters of a year up until WrestleMania. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, and he'll do um, well. We <laughs> we we have a, we have a, a couple of major angles involving Sid oh. in the years to come, <laughs> including one which allegedly ends up with uh, undies filled with poo. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Um, ironically, his return saw Cornette's undies filled with poo, oh. and his time will end this in a similar manner. This was great. He looked like a legit psychopath, so it yeah. wasn't just a clever name. But also, you know, usually when they have to do in wrestling, whenever there's like, oh. X wrestler can't appear, but we've got a surprise. The surprise is usually crap. Mm. We all think of our boy Savio Vega replacing Shawn Michaels in your house, uh, in your house, no way out of Texas. Mm. But this one's like, oh, Warrior's not here. Is Sid? It's like, oh, okay. That's <laughs> all right. Yeah, you land on your feet here. Yeah. I feel like WWE have got better over the years at that, where like if something uh, if something happens and for whatever reason they can't deliver on a match, they'll throw something out there that's completely out of left field but really exciting. This is, I think this is just because we're in the social media era and they want to go viral as well. Big, there's a big yeah. part of that. I think the, the one I think of was when Roman Reigns um, announced his battle with leukemia yeah. and, and suddenly came off WWF's tours. And they were doing a series of Shield main events. Yeah. And they ended up putting Kurt Angle in the Shield for the night. Yeah. And I was like, what? Like, that's so ridiculous and so out there. And they did it. And the Kurt Angle's first match back in all these years. And it was as a member of the Shield. It's ridiculous. I think Triple H joined the Shield for a yeah, night yeah. as well. Yeah. yeah. Triple H joined the Shield for a night as well. I seem to remember there was going to be um, a WWE in Newcastle. I think the main event was going to be... Seth Rollins versus John Mock versus Dean Ambrose mm. for the title. And that's when Rollins got injured. So Triple H ended up chartering a jet and going, all right, I'll do the main event in that's Newcastle. Fine, so we got Triple H versus Dean Ambrose in the main event. <laughs> I'll do the main event and I'll win uh, and then I'll fly home. Uh. I'll go to Greg's. Uh. <laughs> I saw his private jet on the runway at Newcastle Airport. I was like, hey, he's here. 
Get in. He would have walked past that Greg sign. Yeah. Um, I just often think, because then then... <laughs> just walking with the evolution music playing <laughs> in the airport. <laughs> Mark Jindrak all the way over there. <laughs> Can I come out? No, Mark. No. Stay there. Stay there. Go on your rug. Can I have a yum yum? No. No, Mark. I'll give you a yum yum in a minute. <laughs> no, I won't. Uh, thoughts on Raw? Raw. It was okay. It was obviously hamstrung by the Warriors stuff. Um, I feel they need a bit more of a kick up the arse going into international incident because obviously we had king of the ring very hot angle last week was just kind of there nothing much happened this week there was stuff going on but like i said to me it was just kind of there mm. the stuff of sid's exciting i just can't wait to get to the next set of tapings really yeah i'm kind of like going can we get out of this dead crowd we're ready to get out of this crowd I'm yeah a bit of shit i mean uh, the crowd can make or break shows because like we've been saying for ages, WWF have been consistent and they've consistently had decent crowds. This one, I think the crowd has hurt it. Mm. But yourself? I enjoyed it. Yeah. I thought that um, in terms of how the show ran, I thought the pacing was good. I thought the, like, the, the Warrior suspension was, uh, was, again, very serendipitous because in the, in, the, in the weekend that we were talking about a third man, WWF also managed to squeeze in a third man thing as well. And as you pointed out that I completely missed, there was the old reference to... Diesel in there as well. Yeah. Bit of fun, that. Bit of fun for the lads. Sid's comeback was great. Yeah. Uh, I think that Sid is one of those guys that will always get a pop when he pops up. Yeah. He's just naturally that way inclined. And yeah, and as you and I hear what you say in terms of international incident, it feels a bit weak mm. as a card. I'm always dubious of a show that has like a non-title six-man main event. Yeah. They never feel like that consequential. There's nothing really hanging on the line. And it, no matter how much Cornette sells it, there's nothing really on the line. No. In this event, other than just pride. pride, you know, and pride is a four-letter word, as we all know, and it comes before of lions. <laughs> Five-letter word. Pride is just a four-letter word. Pride is a river in Egypt. Pride is a river in <laughs> Egypt, as we all know. I'm very tired this week. Um, go, go have a kip. I'm going to have a big sleep in a minute. Yeah. I'm very excited. Very excited for that. Uh, until we're next back together for more of this, he is at Brat Atkins on Twitter. I'm at Tom Gamble on Twitter. Together, we're at Gold Hologon. Don't forget to join us, Black Pudding King. Oh, to chop. Hear me out, right? Right. Go get some sausages from Booker's. Get back up there. Put that fire out. Put it out. And it's and then uh, and, and he walks up. Uh, go up to the counter. <laughs> he goes to the counter of Booker's and goes, uh, "The thirty-seven pounds, three hundred seventy pounds, please, Mr. Smith." I'll give you these three magic beans. Each one of them worth 20 pounds. <laughs> Love you, bye. What are we going to do when Bulldog's gone? <laughs> I'm going to cry. It's okay. He's going to WCW. <laughs> me, just, well, me and Sam will adopt him. <laughs> I'll just be like, change your plan, Sam. We're swapping shows. <laughs> Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinary and developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details.
Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. For all the wrestling headlines in just 10 minutes, search Cultaholic Wrestling News on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts from. 